Hello, hello, and welcome to The Art of Being You with me, Rachel Wortman. You guys, this podcast is all about learning to be who God created you to be, embracing that person, and ultimately living your best life with Jesus. We've got a lot of great content today, so let's get to it in The Art of Being You. Welcome to the podcast in 2020. I am so glad that you are here listening with me to this first episode of a brand new year, a a brand new decade, and um, man, I'm excited. Hey, listen, before we go any further, I just want to say two quick things. Number one is thank you, thank you, thank you for listening, subscribing, rating, reviewing this podcast because it helps it get into the feed when people are searching for podcasts that are um, similar to this. And here's the thing. When I started this about nine and a half months ago, I had no real idea what I was getting into. And wow, I have been blown away by the number of people who have jumped on board to listen and subscribe and be a part of this community. And so uh, my personal goal for 2020 as it relates to the podcast is I want to double our listening size. And so I would love for you to help me do that. If that um, is something you're interested in doing, here's what you can do. You can just send a text to a couple of friends that maybe have not listened yet. Send them a link to your favorite episode or just let them know, hey, you should be listening to this. We're all bettering ourselves on this journey of perfecting the art of being you or whatever you want to say. But help me get the word out by just shooting this to a couple people that you know. And the next thing I want to say is just a huge thank you, just a big thank you for being a part of this, for all the feedback that I get online from you guys um, when you love an episode, when it speaks something to you. It means a lot to me to know how it's impacting you. So just wanted to say that as we dive into today's topic, which is sort of ironically about goals. Today we're talking about do you even need goals in your life? Do you want goals? Are goals good or bad for you? and everything in between. And, you know, it's a new year. It's a new year time where we're all maybe setting resolutions. And several years ago, I actually decided I was not going to set resolutions anymore. I was going to pick up a new hobby. So this was maybe around 2009. I decided every year in January, I'm going to pick a new hobby and that's what I'm going to focus on. So one year it was painting. One year it was sewing. That was comical. One year it was uh, cooking, also comical. Neither of those lasted very long in my life. Um, But I love to pick something fresh to focus on, to build some skills in, because the challenge of New Year's resolutions is that it's basically the act of us looking into a mirror and saying, what do I not like about myself? And it seems like a good time to make a decision to be a different person. But the truth of the matter is New Year's resolutions don't stick primarily because they're created from the wrong vantage point. We are not really called as people to be introspective in the sense that we look and decide what we need to change in our life. Now, I'm not saying you can't do that. There's obviously lots of things in that that we can do. But the sweet spot when it comes to goals and self-improvement and all of those type of thoughts is when we've connected with God and what he is doing in our lives. And that's the area that we apply our efforts to. So uh, I'm a big fan of doing like picking a word for your year. You may or may not be familiar with that. But in my community, we all pretty much do this. We seek the Lord from about November to December, asking God to give us a one word or a phrase that sort of overarches the entire coming year. 
and that becomes our focus. One year for me, the word was strength. And um, I found myself over the course of that year building physical strength, but also mental strength and spiritual strength. One year, the word was abundance, and I found uh, the Lord doing all kinds of crazy things in abundance in my life. And so I love having a word like that. But the reason why that's a better approach to sort of resolutions than just deciding what I don't like about myself is because you're tapping into the grace of God that he is positioning over your life. So Jesus makes this interesting statement to his disciples. They're looking at his life, and they're going... What is it about your prayers that make them actually work? When you pray, it's like things happen. What is that, Jesus? Tell us how to pray. And Jesus tells them, when you pray, do it like this. And then that's where we get the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, holy is your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And there's some other great stuff in that prayer as well. But there's a key here that Jesus is pointing us to, and it's this. We can and are absolutely okay to pray the things that we want for our life. But when we understand what God is already doing for us and we choose to partner with his will, we choose to set our own will aside and go with God in that, we actually get to experience the grace of God in a more full measure that empowers us to move out of wherever we were. So for some people that might be getting healthy and eating better foods and treating your body like the temple that it is. Um, And for some people, you might think you want that, but that might not be where the grace of God is sitting for you. I hope that makes sense. When I sort of yielded to this process, I found myself growing leaps and bounds. There's a book that I love called Sacred Marriage by a guy named Gary Thomas uh, Thompson. Uh, and there's another sacred marriage also by a guy named Gary. So just heads up about that a little confusing, but in this particular book, a friend of mine gave it to me while I was dating my husband years ago. And there is an analogy in it. And they said, when you're single, it's like you go up to a mirror and you look at yourself in the mirror and you decide what needs to change. I don't really like this about myself. Well, this is probably not great, but who cares? I'm not going to change it. You know, we get to be in the driver's seat of what needs to change in our life. And the author said, when you get married, your spouse becomes the mirror. They become the reflection and they become the one that's showing you what you need to change in your life. Now, what he means by that is it's the rub against and the friction against uh, the personalities and the differences of your spouse that cause you to have to grow in areas that you may not have felt were that big of a deal. In my home, it looks like this. Uh, I will never forget while I was dating my husband, he's a minimalist. He has, you know, at that point in time, we were 19 years old, 20 years old. He was still wearing clothes from junior high. Um, just has just very, he needs very few things in his life except for a handful of gadgets and he's good. And I, on the other hand, like to collect things is a a nice way of saying that. And I also don't really mind clutter. I'm fairly creative. And, you know, if you've researched anything about that, creative people tend to not mind clutter. Maybe it's because our minds are fairly cluttered with all kinds of ideas. I don't know. But anyways, I'm in my apartment and uh, I had a stack of books on the ground um, in my little, you know, apartment I shared with some friends while in college. And my husband, my future husband at this point, walks in the door. We'd been dating maybe three weeks and he stopped in my room and he looked around and he said, so let's go ahead and find a home for all of these things while he gestured to the ground. And I looked at him sort of offended and said, that is their home. 
this is where I sit to study. It makes perfect sense to stack the books on the ground. The books are heavy. I'm not going to buy a bookshelf for books that change, you know, as every semester goes in college. And that was the beginning to a long, arduous relationship where I have had to change some things about me for the betterment of my marriage in relation to how cluttered I tend to be. When we built the house that we're living in now, his number one request was, I love you so much, sweetie. I don't ever want to share a closet with you for the rest of our life. (laughs) And I said, all right, I love you that much to let you have your own space as well. And so when we're married, our spouse becomes the reflection of the areas where we might need to improve. Now that's a silly example, but I think you understand what I'm saying. New Year's resolutions operate a little bit like a mirror in that way. But the best way to bring yourself into a new um, a new you for the new year, or whether you do this in July or October or whenever it is that you feel motivated to make a change, it's actually to not just set blanket goals, but to focus on your habits. So I don't know who said it first. Maybe it was Warren Buffett or John Ortberg or a number of other peoples who have made this quote, but... I love this quote. Here's what it is. Are you ready? Habits eat goals for breakfast. Habits eat goals for breakfast. What does this mean? It means that when you have a habit of something, you will hit that mark consistently way more than when you just have a goal. A goal is an idea. It's a hope. It's not concrete structured. We have to create habits if we want to fulfill our goals. So here's my question to you. What are the goals that you want for yourself? And then the second question is, what habits do you need to build into your life so that you can achieve those goals? For example, if you want to make room to really study the Bible in your year, this is the year where you're saying, you know what, I really want to go deeper in the word, then what habits do you need to build into your life? Maybe it looks like setting your alarm a little bit earlier. Maybe it looks like blocking off in your calendar an hour of lunch once a week where all you do is put your phone down and read the word. It doesn't matter how you go about doing it. It matters that you build patterns and habits to support that. The thing about habits is that they take you farther than goals can. Why? Because they actually become a part of you. When you're focusing on building habits, you are becoming a person who does that. So James Clear in his phenomenal book, Atomic Habits, says it like this. He was telling the story about someone who lost 100 pounds. And he said the guy lost the weight by solely asking himself this question every day. What would a healthy person eat? There wasn't a diet that he followed. There wasn't a really strict workout regimen that he followed. I know he did exercise at different points in his journey, but the main question that he built into himself, the habit that he developed was before he ate anything, he stopped and asked himself, what would a healthy person choose to eat in this moment? After I read this book, I tried that out and it was phenomenal how many times I did not want to choose what a healthy person would eat in that moment. And it was very eye-opening to me. If we want to achieve our goals, we really need to focus on establishing habits in our life, and then we need to let those habits become us. There's actually a spiritual principle in this, and it comes from Luke chapter 6, verse 43. And actually, this story is in other accounts in the Gospels as well. But Jesus was teaching, and he begins to talk about trees bearing fruit. And he makes this statement that whatever is inside of the tree is the fruit it's going to bear. 
He talks about sowing into the ground, and those are the seeds that reap the harvest. So for example, you are not going to get bad fruit off of a good fruit tree, is what he says. Um, You're not going to get good fruit off of a bad tree. Why? Well, because what's inside of that tree, the health, the, the vibrancy, the nutrients, that's what's bearing fruit. And what he challenges us to do in this message is to focus on the fruit that, um, that we're putting into ourselves to focus on the seeds we're sowing into our life, the, the internal workings of ourself. And when we focus on that externally, we begin to bear good fruit. He also talks about it like this in a different passage about cleaning the inside of the cup. And he tells the Pharisees, you're so consumed with cleaning the outside of the cup. I would liken that in this analogy to setting New Year's resolutions that are high and lofty and really born out of our need to compare to each other. Like, wow, I want to be smaller because I don't like the way I look. And we just make this blanket New Year's resolution, or this year is the year I'm no longer going to cuss because I feel like that's wrong, or this is the year I stop smoking, or whatever the case may be. And so we focus on the outside. But what Jesus is telling us is when we focus on the inside, the outside naturally becomes clean. When we focus on bearing uh, and on having rich soil in our life, on planting healthy seeds, on tending to our proverbial tree, then the byproduct of that is healthy things being born out of the tree, good fruit coming from that. This is exactly what they're getting at when they talk about habits, eating goals for breakfast. If you can spend this year developing good habits in your life, then you will bear good fruit, period. It's just the way that it works in the kingdom. So what kinds of habits can you build? Here's a great one. The habit that you stop before you respond when you're angry. You stop and give God a moment to cool your jets, to listen to the Holy Spirit, to be able to sift through what is my um, defense mechanism here? What is my hurt? What is my lashing out because I feel hurt and I just want to hurt someone else? When we give ourselves a pause and we sift through those things, then our habit becomes to be slow to anger, to be slow to speak like the Bible tells us to do, to slow it down so we can make sure that we're operating the way that God wants us to. Other habits you can build is prioritizing the people in your life that really matter. So I'll just tell you, this time last year, I felt like the Lord had told me, and I mentioned some of this in uh, my podcast about uh, how I learned to love my marriage, Um, but I felt like God told me, I want you to believe, I want you to dream and believe that I can bring your marriage to an even better place. Now, listen, for those of you guys that know us personally, coming into 2019, we had a good marriage. I mean, we had found a really good rhythm of working. We'd been married 14 years. We were a really, it was good. There was nothing wrong from my perspective. And so I was really nervous when God told me that because I told the Lord just to be completely transparent. I don't really know if I can trust you in that because I don't want you to dissolve what is good and then it be really bad for a long time while you build it into something better. And I wrestled with that a little bit and I finally came to terms and said, you know what, God, if you are telling me there's something better for me, then I will trust you. And I said, you have permission to do what you need to do. And the first six weeks or so, there were some conversations that came up that weren't pleasant. It wasn't anything like hidden sin or anything like that, but it was just having to be honest and say, you know, over time I've learned that I can't really trust you in this area. I want to, but, you know, actions have kind of shown me that 
um, you're not very consistent here or, you know, vice versa and, and conversations of that nature. Not entirely pleasant. If you're married, you're probably going, wow, that was probably not fun. These were not conversations had in anger or shooting out and saying, ah, I hate this about you, but really just in honesty saying, this is an area I'd like us to work on. And so we decided we're going to prioritize our relationship. We're going to build new habits in our marriage. And I am telling you, at this point, a year later, I cannot even believe what God has done in my marriage in the way that we have come to a new level that I'm not sure I was ever you know, convinced that we could get to in terms of communication and the freedom that we feel in each other's presence and um, just the walls that have come down. It's been incredible, but it required me trusting first what God was saying he wanted to do and then working to build the right habits. So here's my question for you is what are the habits that you need in your life to help you become the person that you want to become? I know I've shared this question with you on the podcast before, but one of the most pervasive thought provoking questions I've ever been asked was this one, who are you becoming? And do you like that person? Who are you becoming? Because the truth of the matter is, like I've said explicitly throughout this particular podcast, that our habits are who we are. They're what bear the fruit in our life. They are what produces our behavior, our thoughts, all of that. And so if you don't like who you're becoming, maybe it's time to decide to become someone else. Sometimes we have these goals of who we want to be, and we're looking so far in the future that we forget to look at where we are right now, be honest about it, not in a way that's condemning ourselves. One of the worst parts about New Year's Eve culture and thoughts is that we take this fine tooth comb and just pick out everything that's wrong about us. Listen, we're humans. No one is perfect. You're never going to be, you know, everything that you want to be in life. It's just not probably possible. And so that's not even the goal, right? But we can ask ourselves, who are we becoming? Who am I becoming? What have I been doing in these different situations lately? Am I okay with that type of behavior? Am I okay with this type of thinking? And if I'm not, then the question becomes, what do I build into my life so that I can become someone else? Really not someone else, but a better version of you. I was sharing with my church actually yesterday, and we were talking about um, just sort of improvement, the, the idea of you know improving yourself. And I mentioned to them that I am sort of addicted to self-improvement. And it's, it's funny because I'm not interested at all in putting myself down. So for whatever it's worth, just know that in my saying that I love to be improving myself. And it's this, because when I have seen and when you have seen what God has been able to do with you, how he's been able to grow you, to redeem certain parts of your life, it is like this passion where you just want more. You want to be able to say, God, what could you do with this area of my life if I gave it to you? Lord, look at what you've done in my relationship with food psychologically. So what could you do in my relationship with media if I gave that to you in the same way or with music or with the books I read or the relationships I have, et cetera, et cetera. So again, habits eat goals for breakfast. 
What are the goals that you have? And then what are the habits you're establishing to support those goals? Because it's going to be a lot easier to achieve them when you're becoming the person who does achieve those type of goals. So that's all I've got for you today. I hope this is helpful for you. I really just kind of wanted to throw my hat in the ring of all the thoughts about New Year's resolutions. By the time you're listening to this, most of us have probably moved on from our initial grandiose ideas of everything we were going to become. And I just want to say to you, if you've already moved on from your goals, but there's something that God had put inside of you, don't dismiss it. Just start working to build those habits so that you can see God do something beyond what you could have ever asked for or imagined because he's just that good. So I love you. I'm thinking about you. I hope you're having a fantastic day. And until next time, be blessed. So you've just listened to The Art of Being You with Rachel Wortman. I hope you enjoyed this episode of my podcast. And listen, it would mean the world to me if you would subscribe and rate or review this podcast on wherever you're listening from. Also, share it with a friend. Help me get the word out. Until next time, be blessed.